Hello, and welcome back to Speedrun, the fast-talking video game podcast where we talk about... Goodness, did you know we talk about video games here? I did not know that. I didn't know that. Gee, did you know we talk about video games here? No, no, never. That's that's new to me. Tell me more. I know. I thought this was a cooking show. Anyways. Oh my god, uh, G's here two weeks in a row? Two weeks in a row? Um, yeah, I, was, I just kind of snuck in here. You don't mind, do you? Oh, no, I don't no. mind. I, I, I guess we won't be, be talking about how to make your own Sonic the Hedgehog ice cream truck popsicle. Oh. And instead, I'm Jamie. I'm Jazzy. And joining us again is... G, from G to the next level. How are you? I'm doing good. good. Today we're talking about games that never made their way home. Basically, uh, games that were left in Japan, games that were left in the arcade uh, forever, games that did not make their way home. If you watch GameSack, this is like left in Japan mixed with left in the arcade, except uh, I don't have Joe Redifer's beautiful, amazing voice. Ooh, good point. Yes, but I'll work on it. <laughs> I was going to say, practice makes perfect. Practice makes perfect, and uh, he, he sets a pretty high bar. He he sets a very like no joke. I I would listen to that man read a dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, what are we talking about today? Do you want to start us off? Yeah, as we start the timer again, a twenty-minute-long megasode. Woo! Woo! <gasps> megasode Woo! hype. Yeah, we, we can't afford sound effects, but we'll get there. You'll whoa, get there whoa, by whoa, following whoa. us on Podbean. Whoa, whoa, who says we can't afford sound effects? You got Jazzy doing the audio. <laughs> I was about to say, you got somebody with a degree in audio here, Jamie. I think you could yeah. probably pop in the sound, sound effect here or there. I was going to oh, say. I was about to shamelessly plug the Patreon again. Patreon.com slash stuff we play. Well, in that regards, I have no degree and we have no budget, so please give us money. <laughs> Just please, please give money so we can buy a, a Sega arcade games. Yeah, that's the note I'm going to start the timer on. Because, G, we decided to do this episode both because uh, Robert and the Stuff We Play server suggested doing a video on Japanese exclusive games. And we all decided to... Uh, Stuff we play Discord server, I should say, and we all decided to expand upon that. But there's one very special arcade game you've been wanting to talk about that is phenomenal that finally made its way to, uh, home. So I'm going to give you the talking stick. Oh, sweet. Because, man, it's it, it's still so surreal that in my house right now, I have a... Now it might not be an official one, but it is one that... Basically, it's a game that, say, it took 28 years to bring home 28 years, and in my opinion, one of the best beat-em-ups ever, and that's Golden Axe, The Revenge of Death Adder. Now, for anybody Very who's nice. familiar with Golden Axe, all the games that we basically got access to at home, we got a port of the original Golden Axe arcade game, and then we got two sequels to that game on the Genesis slash Mega Drive, uh, Golden Axe 2 and then Golden Axe 3, which never technically made it to America until compilations and whatnot came around. But Golden Axe Revenge of Death Adder was just left in the arcade. They came out with a kind of meh fighting game in Golden Axe to Duel, and we got that. But for some reason, Revenge of Death Adder just never made it home. And it's a shame, because for anybody who's never played it, it's... Now, I'll be completely honest. The original Golden Axe, to me, is only so-so. I was more of a Streets of Rage kid. Now, granted, I did play the arcade game with my dad a lot. 
because in the in the bowling alley that we used to play games at together we used to play golden axe together but as the years have gone i feel that kind of you know age hasn't been too terribly fond to the original golden axe but the revenge of death adder though because it's like take the original and just pump it with like you know twice the speed twice the action twice the amount of playable characters mind you this one's a four-player game now so is and you get basically you got your barbarian kind of character you got julius thunderhead does make a return but now he's riding on top of a giant ogre which is really awesome there's a centaur lady who's my favorite character in the game there's a little elf with a pitchfork who grows apples for his magic attack for some he's kind of lame but everything else about the game is it's just it's it's amazing it's it's one of the things that i love most about streets of rage 2 and just the streets of rage series in general including streets of rage 4 is that you really feel the impact and that's basically kind of the mark of a good beat-em-up is that if you can really really feel that impact especially when you really land a big hit or a big enemy and revenge of death adder just does that so so well and the graphics are wonderful the sound is wonderful you can have branching paths now death adder is a badass like i thought that he was cool in the first one but when you fight him in the second one it's like holy crap and when i got it for my review that i'm actually going to be putting up on the channel pretty soon YouTube.com I played it through the first time level. and I was just kind of hmm? I said youtube.com slash to the next level yes sir <laughs> but um coming very soon but after my very first playthrough I was basically like done I had all the footage and everything I needed to do and I just kind of sat after the credits rolled and I was just like nah just immediately start the game again <laughs> and I played it through like two more times that night because it's just like I've been waiting 28 years for this 28 years it's just it's insane that and to this day it's, it's kind of a mystery i mean somebody out there has got to know the reason why revenge of death adder never came home until now and not only that we're getting it twice in one year because we got the arcade one up that i have and then we've got the astro city mini that's coming out in a couple of weeks actually this week excuse me and launches on thursday and it's on that too and i'm just like that's that's amazing it's like somebody finally woke up at sega hq realized hey we want this so it's like good on you it's amazing so a wonderful game small question about the arcade one up is that four player it is four player that is correct um it actually has four players with it but not all of the games that are on it are four players revenge of death adder is the only one so it, what's cool about it is that they actually map the player two and the player three controllers to be player one and player two for the other games so for like golden axe um altered beasts and wrestle war which are multiplayer they actually use the middle ones instead of uh one and four or whichever oh that's kind of cool yeah it's very cool it was it was definitely worth it i mean i knew that when they announced that cabinet and i swear i still remember that day when they announced that cabinet on twitter and i was just like i swear i wanted to cry and so i was like we're finally getting this game i've been wanting this for so long and it's like yes i know you could emulate it whatever but it's just it's not it's the official. same yeah exactly yeah. it's just just having something just official for Revenge of Death Adder. And it's like, Golden Axe fans, we've had to put up through so much crap over the years. And it's just, it's thrilling that we finally have this home. I love it. Honestly, that's, you, you know, you're, just the, the, the amount of joy I hear, like, from you talking about this makes me so pumped to hopefully uh, give this a shot if and when I can ever go down to the States and uh, check it out sometime. Yes. Yes, it's in our living room right now. It's not going anywhere. <laughs> or at least until maybe we actually, you know, get a bigger house and we have a spot where I can get more arcade one-ups. But anyway. Speaking of which, Sega's put out so much cool Japanese-exclusive stuff this year. Uh, 
The arcade one-up is available everywhere, but the Astro City Mini, which looks incredible, is Japan-only. Uh, the Game Gear Micro is Japan-only, which, not gonna lie, hot take, I think the Game Gear Micro looks cooler than the new Game & Watch. It looks cooler, and it's definitely more practical. Um, it's a hard sell, unless you're hardcore. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> it really is. But moving on, Jazzy, what game do you have in mind for your favorite game that never made it home in the West? You know, I think I'm going to have to hop on my I am very old soapbox here for mm-hmm. a second. Um, <laughs> because, <laughs> no, no, for real. Um, my first console, as I think I've said on the show before, was uh, the Nintendo 64. And mm-hmm. um, since I learned about the 64DD in middle school, I was like obsessed with this because that was before we had a lot of like information on it because this was mid 2000s internet when most of what you would read was all rumor and everything. And um, obviously this game never released, but I want to like footnote it was Zelda Ura, which was uh, the long forgotten, well not long forgotten because obviously we're talking about it, but it was the never released expansion pack for that was planned for Ocarina of Time. Um, and then eventually assets from it were made into Majora's Mask and everything, and the rest is history. And there are some, like, extractions and ROMs and everything from it, mainly from the from the Nintendo Giga Leak and everything. And we do have little bits and pieces of it, and that's really cool. So, you know, there's a footnote. Uh, the DD itself, I think, would have been amazing to have here in the States. And it's such a bummer that it, like, flopped. I think it was just way 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 ahead of its time and in the same regard i think the dreamcast was also way ahead of its time with the internet browser capability and you don't have to tell me twice about the dreamcast being ahead of its time (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah absolutely but uh in terms of like actual hard games that did release in japan and never came over uh there's two of them, and the first one is Neon Genesis Evangelion for um, for the N64. Which, yes! Yes, Ava is my favorite anime, and I have gotten to play a little bit of the game, and I love it. Obviously, I have trouble with the, uh, with the menus for obvious reasons, other than the fact that I'm dyslexic to begin with. So, what I am able to play is fantastic. Um... Oh no, I had a second game in my brain and it just like flew the coop on me. Oh no. Oh, oh no. Oh no. Oh, no. Uh, hmm. Oh no. Oh no. Uh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> um, come back to me in like five minutes and I guarantee I will have remembered it. <laughs> All right. But in that case, I have two games I want to bring up. Uh, the first is Mother 3. Mother 3 is such an obvious choice. Lucas, fantastic character. One of the just graphically one of the one of my favorite looking games on the gba i love that earthbound art style so much it's the only rpg i can think of that like ever made me like i play a lot of rpgs but this is the one that got me to tear up a bit Mm -hmm. uh it's that good and uh i know repro cards are a bit of a contentious thing but i got a repro card of uh the fans translation uh gifted to me at a con a while back so uh yeah nice Nice. All right, but before we what go on to my th- next one, Jazzy... W- oh, wait, go on. What do you think of the N64, like, Earthbound 64 development, like, screens and rumors? What do you think about all that? 
Honestly, I think it's really interesting. Um, first off, on Mother 3 itself, it's ridiculous they haven't released at this point. I mean, they released Earthbound Zero on the Wii U. Why not Mother 3? I know, seriously. Right. Just like, give the people what they want. Exactly. You know, people have been wanting this for so long. Reggie, when are we getting Mother 3? No, you can't, you can't ask him anymore. He can't hear you from the top of his ivory tower at GameStop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Oof>. <laughs> Gotta but, talk to Mr. Bowser now. But, it's true. Uh, Earthbound 64 looks interesting. I think it would have been an interesting game, but if it had come out as Earthbound 64, I don't think it would have held up as well as Mother 3 on GBA did. Just 2D games from that era hold up extraordinarily better than 3D games do. I'm sorry, it's just a case. Oh, it's no, true. you're absolutely right. It's true. Mm-hmm. I did remember uh, what I was going to say, though, by the way. And what were you going to say? Uh, this, the other game I was going to reference is Dobutsu no Mori, otherwise known as Animal Force, otherwise known as Animal, Animal Crossing. Crossing. Exactly. Yeah. The game the that, original, like the N64 one. Yes, the original. And the reason why it's so oh, hard that. to put it on an EverDrive and play it, and the reason why you can't really make in English, well, I don't want to say can't, because people are working on it. There is an English translation in the works, but emulating it is so hard because it's one of the few N64 games that has a real-time clock in it, which is cool. And then, obviously, the GameCube, the clock is stored kind of, like, up in the... If you open up a GameCube, it's kind of up in front, and the battery for it is kind of by the controller ports. It's a really weird place for it. But it's built into the console. Obviously, there is not a clock in the N64 itself, so it has it in the chip in much the same way uh, Pokemon Gold and Silver have it on the chip itself. Um, But there's not a ton of differences aside from uh, the Animal Crossing we got has a bunch of e-reader support and just some like extra features and items and characters and all that stuff. It's a really cool experience, and if you look at the actual ROM file for Animal Crossing for GameCube, a lot of people ask, why is it so small? And that's because it's basically a modded N64 ROM that they put onto yep. a disc. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I, I guess I know that... that... Oh, go on. I was going to say, I know for a fact that you two know that, but I'm just putting it out there for the <laughs> podcast, so I don't want to sound like I'm, like, gender-splaining it or anything. No. <laughs> oh, no, the, of course the, not. The, you're, is... you're also dealing with two big Animal Crossing fans here, yeah, too. So. I'm a, oh, yes. I went so hard on the original, um, or I say, what was our, in, uh, Amer- in uh, North America's original Animal Crossing back in the day. The Acre Days. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. I remember right, the holidays were also a little different in the that original version. They were. They were a little bit different. Just, but yeah. It's, it's, it's a good. Uh, if you want, I own it. And you're welcome to come over and play it on my Japanese N64. Nice. Ooh. But yeah, those yeah. are my picks. Debutsu no Mori, Zelda Ura, and Neon Genesis Evangelion. So um, the one I, I want to bring up as well is both a game that was left in the arcades and left in Japan. This is an entire series of game. I think we're up to part six, and that's a uh, Wangan Midnight Maximum Tune. Mm. I imagine initial D, you know, fast-paced kart racing, but with a soundtrack by Yuzo Koshiro, the guy who did the incredible Streets of Rage soundtracks. Well, not so much three. I didn't care for the Streets of Rage three OST. Contentious, I know, but he's a great composer and. Imagine Yuzo Koshiro does Eurobeat, and that's the Wangan Midnight soundtrack. And the games themselves look so fun. 
It looked just like such a blast, but none of them have ever gotten a uh, a home console release. And I think some some of them are Japanese exclusive. I know a lot of them made their way uh, over here. I know, uh, gee, you're in Houston. You said they used to have one at the main event out in the woodlands. Yeah, yeah, a long time ago. It's it's definitely not there anymore, but it was awesome. I still have my card from it. And even then, there's a huge like there's a, a huge delay in between uh, Western and Japanese release in this series. Like uh, I know a supply an arcade supplier in Vancouver, and they're already up to maximum tune six in Japan. But we just got a uh, base, not even five DX, but base maximum tune five available to put in arcades over here in uh, Maple Syrup Land. So yeah, that's my pick. Uh, maximum tune five. Aka Yuzo Kashiro does Eurobeat. <laughs> it's so good. If you have to look up any song, uh, any song from it, like listen to all the soundtracks. Uh, a good friend of mine uh, actually recommended I, I listen to the entirety of the Maximum Tune Five soundtrack, and it's great. My favorite track is called Tonight. It's so good. It, it's a, the type of song you'd want to listen to while you're going on a road trip and it's like 3 a.m but damn it you, you aren't at the hotel yet and you're you know you're running off stale coffee and trail mix why did it's you describe almost all my experiences at midwest fur fest <laughs> <laughs> because that was because that was my experience going to like retro palooza and stuff <laughs> it's one of those things that that my wife and i always say is like hey if we need to get somewhere quick just throw on some initial d or one gun midnight soundtracks just put on some Eurobeat. You're good. You'll get there. Lickety split. <laughs> I very, I very like, totally self-aware. Cranked up bass hunter driving in the dead oh. of the night in the Ooh. snow from Chicago to Cleveland for that trip. Like, and I, I'm not sure if you're aware of like U.S. geography listeners out there. There is literally nothing between those two cities. There's Indiana, nope. which means there's nothing, <laughs> and Oof. there's just you the night sky and no one else on the road. So you just got to gun it to some Eurobeat. And that's how you get to Chicago in a car. Ah, uh, Chicago. True that. Yeah. I've got a, a couple of, um, a couple of other quick fire ones. Yeah. That I can ahead. mention real quick. Um, so if there's one of the things that, that I love, uh, kind of games I love, I love, uh, like old school platformers. Yes, and I know like one game series on the PS One that I love dearly is Jumping Flash. Like Jumping Flash One and Two are both just great, great games. But a lot of people don't know there's a third game. Like there, there's a third Jumping Flash game. It's called Robert Mondu, and it's 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 one that I've always wanted ever since I was a kid because it was the funny thing about Jumping Flash is just that I've always found that games tend to struggle when you try to do platforming in the third dimension. But that game just just felt so good and it felt right. You know, and in the second game did even better. But Robert Mondeau, for some reason, unfortunately, never got a translation and never came out over here. But I guess throughout all those ashes, because, you know, with um, Sugar and Rockets and Exact, the company that made them, we got the Ghost in the Shell game for the PS1, which I have gone on in depth about how much I love that game. So I guess we just have to thank uh, Jumping Flash for that. Hell yeah. But um, another one, and this is this is going to be a deep cut for a lot of people, because and I have very fond memories of it, but I, it's one of those that, like, if you try to play it today, I'm afraid that I'm going to tarnish those memories. And it was a, a fighting game by Strata, the same team that did Time Killers, just to put it in perspective. Uh, they did a follow-up called Bloodstorm, <laughs> and it was essentially like their answer to Mortal Kombat. But unlike Time Killers, it wasn't crap. 
This was actually <laughs> a fun game <laughs> that played well. It looked good. The characters were interesting. The fatalities were cool. And, and But it was only in the arcade. It never came home. Time Killer's got a half-assed port on the Genesis. So a half-assed port of an already awful game. And we got that. Lie, lovely. But nothing for Bloodstorm. Poor game. Because I thought it, it was great. F in and the then chat, uh, one please. very, very, very last one for NES mm-hmm. um, that I would still love to have in some capacity someday is a gimmick or Mr. Gimmick. Yes. Because, uh, I love Sunsoft. I, I, I think that they're some of the best on the NES. And that's one of the few ones that in Euphoria, we didn't get Euphoria either, at least not until the Wii Virtual Console. But yeah, the, they, it's awesome. That's awesome. Between Sunsoft and Taito, they were like two of my favorite companies on the NES that weren't like Nintendo, Capcom, Konami. And Mr. Gimmick, just for some reason, we missed it. And it's, it a, got it's a an awesome game. Release, didn't it? it did. It did yeah. get a European release, but we didn't get it in the US. True. <sighs> what a shame. Oh, well, I guess that doesn't count then, does it? Yeah, because it only no, stayed, it does count because, because, only because it Japan. never came home over here. Oh, okay. Never, not, not in Eagle Land, not in Maple Syrup Land, and not in other parts of North American Land. Right. Yep. <laughs> uh, hmm. Jazz, we have, Jazz, we still have a minute and a half left. Are there any other games you'd like to quickly mention? Um, besides just like more stuff for the DD, because I'm very salty that it did not come out. Um, I think I would say uh, the add-on for the NES that gives oh, the it FDS. dial-up. It, I'm sorry. Um, oh, what the FDS? Oh, this system. Oh no no no! Sorry sorry I interrupted. Go on. The I think it's called the Satellaview. Oh, oh for yeah. The SNES. Yes. Yeah. The, uh, not the uh, not the SNES, but whatever the uh, the add-on for the uh, for the Famicom was that uh, allowed you to do banking and then also bet on horse racing, and also oh, the Satellaview. <laughs> Both of those. <laughs> I'm looking this up. Uh, the Family Computer Network System. That's the one. <laughs> that was a really good snap. Did did that come up on the mic? I'm really I proud of that. that. That was that was very meaty. That was that a was, meaty crunch. That was mm-hmm. some good, thick, meaty, snappy, uh, mm. ooh <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, ooh uh, And we are at time. Uh, I would. I guess. Uh, any last thoughts? Uh, I said all my piece. I'm going to throw it to G. I mean, there's many more that could be mentioned, but I think this just... Uh, I'm, I'm excited for the Astro City Mini to see some of those Sega arcade games that we actually didn't get home. So, more power to them. I want to see more stuff like that from them. And uh, any other uh, import games that you all know of that I don't know of, I would love to know. I'd love to know more. I think the last one I want to mention is... Uh, tw- in two episodes in a row now, we're mentioning. I'd like to mention one of our favorite YouTube channels, Happy Console Gamer. Hell yeah. Uh, who did a video a while yeah. back on the Far East of Eden series on the uh, PC Engine Tengai Japan. Makyo. Yeah, Tengai yeah. Makyo. The games yes. look incredible. And I think uh, Tengai Makyo Zero, which is on this uh, Super Nintendo, is getting a, a fan translation done at this point. Really? Yes. And I'd love to finally play them because ever since I saw his video on it years back, I've just desperately wanted to play them. But of course, I can't speak Japanese, but they look incredible. So, uh, Jamie, yeah. when you get a moment, when you get a moment, you should play the Neo Geo Tengai Makyo game. Oh, it's a fighting uh, game, fighting and game? it's awesome. I'd yeah. love to, uh, especially awesome. since if I can uh, 
scrape money together for a certain trade, I might be getting an MVS soon. Ooh. Ooh. <gasps> Lucky. Lucky. I don't really I don't really get any more of the retro consoles anymore, but because I have pretty much all the ones I need, but I still have one left. Someday I will own an AES. Someday. 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 It's a holy grail one for these all days. of us. <laughs> for for us nerds. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm just going to crack open DOSBox here. Don't mind me at all. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, definitely check out Happy Console Gamers' video on it, at the very least, uh, if you listening at home haven't. And speaking of plugging YouTube channel things, G, would you like to plug where people can find you on the internet? Absolutely. You can find me on YouTube, youtube.com slash G to the next level. Uh, I've got a couple more videos coming through in the pipeline, including a ranking video ranking every single 32X cartridge release game. That is going to be coming up very soon. I am, by the time this will actually go live, I will be streaming on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash G to the next level. And uh, one day retro, one day modern. And uh, you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram. Also, same name. Awesome. And Jazzy? You can find me on the Stuff We Play main channel, along with oh, right yeah. here on the Stuff We Play network channel. I'm going to start posting, the, well, the hopefully by the time... podcast channel. <laughs> and the, Oh, has it been rebranded to the Speedrun uh, podcast uh, channel? Uh, I mean, we're, I, we're, I, we're I, working I, on it. But we're working on it's it. We're coming up with We're working on it. <laughs> you can find me on either of those two channels. And also, I'm, by the time this goes live, I should have posted some of my own original content to Stuff We Play. Thank you again, Jamie, for having me on the channel. This has been so exciting working on projects in this little sphere. This is great. Uh, you can also oh, check blast. me out. It has. Uh, you can also hit me up in the Stuff We Play uh, Discord, which is probably the best way to get a hold of me, other than my uh, other than my Twitter, which is at Jazzy Starshine. Uh, yeah, that's me. Yes, and of course, uh, you can find us as Jazzy said on YouTube.com/slash Stuff We Play. Support us on Patreon at Patreon.com/slash Stuff We Play because this podcast is made pars- uh, possible in part by patrons like hopefully you. Thank you. Did I do the PBS thing right? Yes. Good. Um, if you have ideas for future podcast episodes, I just said um, uh, non-words, trying to work on those. But if you have ap- ideas for future episodes, you can either uh, message me at Stuff We Play on Twitter. Message me via the Stuff We Play Discord server, linked in the description of every podcast episode and Podbean and Apple Podcasts and whatnot. Or email me or Jazzy directly at jamie at stuffweplay.com or jazzy at stuffweplay.com. Uh, and also at the making of this, I'm, this is, uh, we're recording this in December before the holidays, but starting January, uh, I did a 10 part podcast years back called the stuff we say podcast. Uh, G was on there. Some great yeah. folks like, uh, Layla Wilson, Simon Tomley, such were on there. And I'm going to be releasing all 10 of those throughout, uh, the first parts of 2021 every Tuesday as a part of a thing I'm calling stuff. We say flashback. Uh, done Ooh. thanks to viewer demand, mind you. So, uh, yeah, this show really is made uh, possible thanks to viewers uh, emailing and interacting and stuff. So, yeah. Anything I missed? That's. I think that's it. G, anything? No, yeah, I think that's about it. All right. Cool. So, on that note, thank you very much for listening. Stay classy, and we'll see you next time. See ya.